This episode was originally recorded in fall 2020. You are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. This is uh, Tony Dow for with another episode of the Pharmacy IT and Me. And as with every episode, we start this one saying that the intent audience is everybody. Today, we're going to be speaking with our special guest, Dr. Stacy Lynn English, on what her role is in pharmacy informatics and technology. So, thank you so much, Stacy, for for being on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So, I guess like for now, like what you're currently doing is that you're a pharmacy informatics specialist. But before we get into some of that detail and you know some of your day to day. Can you kind of just tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, so, um, like I said, I'm Stacey Lynn. I'm originally from Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I did uh, two years of undergrad at Campbell University, where I was a pre-pharmacy major and ran cross, ran cross country and track there before I was accepted into UNC Chapel Hill's pharmacy uh, program. I graduated that in 2015. Ended up doing a residency. I did a PGY-1 at Centero Martha Jefferson Hospital in Charlottesville, Virginia. And after that, did a PGY-2 at Lipscomb University, where I also received a master's of healthcare and uh, a master's degree in healthcare informatics. And currently, I am now a pharmacy informatics specialist at Children's Hospital of King's Daughters in Northwest Virginia. Awesome, awesome. So I, I guess I have a few questions about that. So um, you sure. said that you had a pre-farm major when you went to undergrad, right? Like, uh, there's not many schools out there that I'm familiar with with like a pre-farm kind of degree. So can you kind of talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, I, and I guess I would say I'm a little bit. I was fortunate in that I had decided that I wanted to be a pharmacist when I was a sophomore in high school. Like I said, I'm from North Carolina, and at the time. There were only two pharmacy schools. There was Campbell University and then UNC Chapel Hill. Um, there were the, the two accredited, accredited ones. Um, and at the time, I felt that a smaller school like Campbell was better for me. And they actually have it's it's not really a, I should say it's a major, it's more like a concentration. So your your classes are more uh, scheduled so that you are that you're prepared to um, be in pharmacy school. You have the opportunity to be in um, a specific course that we took that also talked about the application process for pharmacy school and what the different types of roles of pharmacists were. And it was what was really cool about that program was that if you were a part of that honors program, if you, and if you did well enough, like with your grade and your uh, curriculars and whatnot, um, if you were one of the highest ones, you were more likely to get asked to be accepted into Campbell's pharmacy program. So, and it was really fortunate because it gave me access to pharmacists earlier within my academic career. So it helped me really guide my um, academic course so that I was prepared for pharmacy school. And so that, you know, some people, you know, do four years of undergrad and then go to pharmacy school. But because of that program, I was able to just do the two years and then be prepared for pharmacy school. Yeah, that, that's really cool. Yeah, because I, I did the four-year undergrad, and I, I was so, like, unsure about pharmacy at the time because I didn't really have that access, right? Like, like what you were able to have. And, um, yeah, it, it's a little bit like a delay for, like, my career path. So it's really good that you were able to like, have that really early on. Um, and I, I guess, too, like, when you were doing that, when you had the ability to speak with all these different pharmacists at the time, even before getting into pharmacy school, did you already have an idea of, like, 
I guess, like what kind of field you were aiming to get into with pharmacy? No. So I, well, I, I had an idea and ended up doing nothing like that. <laughs> so when I first decided I want to be a pharmacist, I thought that I was going to be a pediatric pharmacist. And there was actually a couple things I was interested in. So at first it was pediatric, then it was infectious disease. Honestly, I had, didn't even know about all the different fields. And, you know, some of them weren't as big um, as they are now, but definitely knew nothing about informatics um, when I was there. Actually, I didn't learn about informatics until I was a third year in pharmacy school. So, so I had some kind of big ideas of things I wanted to pursue, but nothing that I was like, this is for sure what I'm going to do. Okay, yeah. I, I think, like, that's with most of us, too. Like, actually... It's funny you mentioned the informatics because I didn't learn about that either until like about third or fourth year of pharmacy school. Mostly because, you know, it's not a very advertised uh, field. Like when, when I was in school, it was mostly just you kind of figured that out on your own or you had like one small seminar on it or something like that, you know? Um, right. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, it's great. You said pediatric was one of your uh, early, uh, early interests. And I guess you're kind of doing that now by doing informatics at pediatric hospitals, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because I never thought I would have the opportunity. Um, so it's great to be um, in the role that I am now and having op- opportunity to do that. And what I really like about informatics is that you kind of get to be a jack of all trades. So while in my pediatrics role, in my role now being at a pediatric hospital, yes, I'm working with pediatrics, but I also have the opportunity to work on infectious disease projects, on hemoc projects, um, and it's just very exciting to be able to work on all those different types of things because as you could tell i i did not have a lot done on the thing all the specific subject matters i was um interested in so it's really cool to be able to be involved in a whole bunch of different things yeah and i i think too like uh one of the things that uh, i think it's a misconception too is that you know because we work at the children's hospital i also work at children's hospital but because we work at the children's hospital it feels like we're just siloed into like one thing but really like at the children's hospital there are so many different like like disease states and um you know algorithms like like what you said like there's hemonc projects there's id projects it's still varied in a way so um so yeah i honestly the way i got into informax <laughs> i honestly think it's quite funny so it's, my mom taught computer information systems at the collegiate level for many years um and was a business analyst for um my state um, department of transportation. And then my dad um, is a software tester for SAS, um, which is based out of Cary, North Carolina. And so growing up, I was so sure I didn't want to have anything to do with information technology or anything like that, because that's what my parents did. Um, in fact, um, my sister and I were her guinea pig um, for my mom's collegiate classes. So she would teach um, specifically t- courses on Microsoft. Um, so Excel, Word, PowerPoint, all of that. And then when we were in middle school, my sister and I had worked for guinea pigs because if middle middle school students could understand the material, then these college students have no excuse. So when I was in high school, I really liked I really really liked math, really liked science, um, and I liked Spanish, and I was really trying to discover like what it is that I really like. And I was thankful, uh, and I wasn't really sure. And one week, my chemistry professor was like, you know. Before I decided to be a chemistry professor, I thought I was going to be a pharmacist. And I just feel like that might be something that you might be interested in. And I was like, okay, well, I'll think about it. And then later on that same week, without 
them ever talking to each other, my mom comes up to me and was like, hey, I think I was talking to my pharmacist, taking out my medications, and we're just chatting about what she does, and I think this is what would be really good for you. And I was like, okay, I can take a hint. I really need to take a look at pharmacy. So, oh. <laughs> so sophomore year, decided straight up pharmacy, but still not anything like my parents. So when I was, when I actually was in pharmacy school, I was working as an intern at a compounding pharmacy. And they were trying to develop these specific standardized forms for them to use for some of the compounds that they made for some of the um, prescriber offices nearby. Um, and I was, I helped them to develop it. You just, you know, just things you pick, you know, but it seems like everybody these days knows, but things that I learned in my mom's um, college courses with Word. So I helped them develop these forms and they're like, wow, this is, you really got something here. Then they were trying to figure out how to use Excel to de- create these forms for their formulas. Cause it's like, if you have, if you have these standard ingredients that always have the same ratios and all you need to know is how much medication you need to make, how can we use Excel to just create formula to create use formulas? So all we have to do is put in the amount and we already know how much of each ingredient we need to make, help them do that. And then finally they were like, you know, Stacey, you are so good with computers. Like, is there any way that, you know, that you can find a way to use your computer knowledge and pharmacy? Like, is that, I feel like that's something you'd be really good. And I was like, no way. <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not thing like what I want to do because that's what my parents, like, I'm not trying to be like my parents. So at UNC, there's not, there, well, at the time, there was not really much information about informatics at all. Um, but through my, um, she was the, I don't know the best way to call her, call her but she was very, she, it was some, a faculty member whose job was developing, um, assigning people to rotations and just if students had interest in certain um, career fields, connecting her, connecting them to appropriate people. So I was able to shadow one of the informatics pharmacists at UNC and was like, oh, snap, this is, this is exactly what I wanted to do. Um, but unfortunately, there were no rotations at the time within the state that were more hospital focused. There was one that was just more of a, um, like a not retail but like a more of a commercial like they had a project they had a software that they you know provided to hospitals to other areas and I was like that's not really what I want like I want to be in a hospital um like that's where I want to you know that's where I where I see myself um so I ended up doing a class at through the nursing school so their doctorate of nursing program had an introduction to healthcare informatics and they and uh did an exception and allowed me to take it and then through after that, I was actually able to go to Virginia to do a pharmacy informatics rotation there. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely sold. And I think, as you like, like you mentioned before, there are so many ways to go into informatics. Um, but I was, I was so determined, like, this is what I wanted to do. I was determined to take the most direct route, which led to me doing the residencies um, so that I could be able to do that. You know, that's, that's really cool. A couple things that you mentioned in there too that were really interesting is that the, uh, the ability to shadow an informatics pharmacist, but then also noticing you don't have any rotation options. Um, you, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm jealous that you even had the ability to shadow an informatics pharmacist because when I went through school, we didn't even have that opportunity. There was no way to connect with anyone at that time because mm-hmm. I, I was a graduate of 2012. And um, it was basically just like, okay, well, I see these residency programs. There was like only seven around the the U.S. that actually had a PGY2 informatics. And 
it was so hard to find that information. So I'm I'm really jealous that, you know, you were able to uh, at least get that uh, exposure too. But even then, it, it seems like, you know, you still had to continue to work hard uh, and go through like that other route too of like doing the PGY1, PGY2 and getting that training, right? Yeah, very much so. And I was, I was very fortunate because even the informatics rotation I did um, at the Carillion Clinic in, in Virginia, that was the first year that they had opened it up to UNC students. And actually, even the being able to shadow that um, pharmacist at UNC, like I, I don't think that she had had multiple states had had students pick her up on that offer before. So I think it was all very much um, just a, a good fortune and having those doors opened up when they did. Yeah, I think like it's um someone I spoke with recently. He he said that it's a uh, it's not it's not only the hard work, but it's also putting yourself in a situation so that you can get lucky with the position. So it's it's not like you know um just hard work, but there's a little bit of luck. But it's not like fully just luck, but you're situating yourself to get that luck. So I I, I it's an interesting explanation or interesting description of it. But I think like what you've done kind of like reflects that where you like you're you're putting your situation or you're putting yourself in that situation where everybody is aware of your interest in informatics and then it gets that opportunity to arise for you. So, um, you know, it's really great. And you said like they didn't have that residency or sorry, they didn't have that rotation before. So it must be new to them, too. And I guess like because of that, were you able to have like a little bit more of like a, a customized experience? I think. One of, and one of the great things about UNC is that they were very big on trying to customize your learning to you. Like if you had a goal in mind that they were very much willing to help you try, try to connect you to the people who would help help make that happen. Um, so it was fortunate for me that that was the first year that they had the rotation. But it was nice because it was a very much an established rotation. So it's not like I had to, we were all kind of learning as we go. So um, but it was, I was very fortunate and the, the rotation was established, rotation was just opened up to more people. But even with that rotation, I was knowing that I had, had an interest in pediatrics, um, and I had some interest in infectious diseases. They actually allowed me to work on projects within those. Um, so one of the projects I got to work on was developing a TPN order set for the, for their, um, pediatric hospital, which was really cool. And then also they were working on implementing, um, a antimicrobial stewardship work list and modifying their um, ordering to better um, facilitate that process. And I had the opportunity to work with that as well. Oh, wow. That, that's really cool that you're able to do that. Um, and then was this a, did you say this was part of the rotation or part of the residency? This was actually part of the rotation. So as a student, I was beginning to work on these things. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. So then after your rotation, and then you were able to start going into residency and, you know, your PGY1, PGY2, um, uh, I, I guess like the PGY2 program I'm interested in hearing, it was at Lipscomb, which is a pretty well established place known for informatics training. Um, and I, I guess like for you, like, how did you decide that, you know, Lipscomb is a place that you wanted to uh, get your training for informatics? Yeah, so I looked at the various informatics residencies, residencies that were available. And fortunately, I had, there was, there was definitely quite a bit of options for me. Um, and for the first kind of filter was the location. I wanted to stay on the East Coast um, and relatively close um, to home. So I was looking at programs 
in Virginia, Nashville, South Carolina. And one of the things that I really attracted me to Lipscomb was first the residency director, um, Beth Breeden. She is just such an amazing mentor um, and resource. And just the way she talked about informatics and the opportunities within, um, just the way she talked about the future of informatics was just so enticing. Um, and just the, um, and how much she just, you could just, you know, there's some people you can just, you can tell like they really care about the work that they do, but also simultaneously the work that she, that they do it, the people that they do it with. Um, and I was like that, like that she, that was the type of person, like the type of mentor I wanted to be. Absolutely. One of the other things that was really important to me was because I did not have a ton of mentors that were like easily accessible. Like if you, unlike if you tell, like if, if in pharmacy school, you're like, oh, I want to be human. But there's so many mentors and resources there, but there's not, not, but not, there's not like that in informatics. I was like, I want to be that person that I wish I had had when I was in, when I was in school. And Lipscomb being obviously a school of pharmacy, um, it gave me the opportunity to actually be a part of the faculty and do, and actually, so I actually was te- uh, teaching, I actually was, a pre- had the opportunity to be a preceptor um, of one of the informatics rotations. I actually taught um, in their introductory um, informatics um, course that they have in the School of Pharmacy. So the opportunity to be trained to be a faculty member or a preceptor in that, but also it, it was really the best of both worlds because while your residency program was through Lipscomb, you had the opportunity to do, to practice at other places. So I did the majority of my actually hands-on work at Vanderbilt, um, who, who also has a very large informatics department. And just as a whole, like they have their own health IT department, but their pharmacy informatics team is quite large and covers both specialty pharmacy, retail pharmacy, inpatient pharmacy, even has like a team devoted to their pediatric hospital, which was an awesome opportunity to have. And then, so the so you had the opportunity to also do an op, a rotation with LifePoint Health, which is a spinoff from um, HCA. So the opportunity to do to see informatics, pharmacy informatics from academic perspective with with your rotations at Lipscomb, hospital perspective or a organizational perspective at Vanderbilt, and then also more of a multi-facility um, perspective with um, LifePoint. So it was. I, I just felt like there was just so much to gain from doing my my PGYT residency at Lipscomb. As if all of that wasn't enough to entice me, Lipscomb also has a master's in healthcare informatics degree um, that Beth Breeden is also the program director for. So it was kind of two for the price of one, the opportunity to do a PGYT and get my master's degree um, in that time. You know, like that's I I think that's really, really cool. Like the whole master's thing as being part of the program. And I think like one of the things that I've noticed, um, I it's more like anecdotal for me. But uh, one of the things I noticed with the, the informatics pharmacists that sometimes I work with or I've spoken with is that they they're more um, I guess there's a big focus in getting things done for the organization locally. And there is less of uh, a higher level view of seeing how things interact with others. And um, I think like the, the master's program or getting some kind of additional training where it's not specifically pharmacy informatics, but more of like healthcare informatics really like gives you a different perspective. And, you know, like, can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Like, I guess maybe 
how that pro- program that you went through how it's like non-pharmacy components, so it's give, able to give you a better perspective? Yeah. So one of the things that I liked about the pro, about the master's program is that it kind of prepared you for the same kind of goal, depending on what, what um, spectrum you are. So if you were, if you had previously had a, a job in IT and you were more interested in health and in, in like health informatics, or if you were a healthcare professional, and wanted to do more in health informatics. It, it covered. It had courses on both sides to kind of allow you for all the graduates to have the same kind of starting point. Through the program, I was able to take classes on um, healthcare analytics, on project management, um, information systems, leadership, information security, which I feel like was really helpful. One because you know when people think of, I think sometimes when people think of informatics pharmacists, they think, oh, like you have to have all of these technical ideas. Well, it's really easy for anyone. You can teach anyone how to, you know, use Excel, how to program or whatnot. But what, what's really important, and I think where the real value in our roles lie, is in that clinical knowledge. And so I think felt like that program really helped me to build on that knowledge with more of those technical type things. And one of the great things about the program is just the diversity of the people who come in. So in my class, I had nurses, I had people who had had degrees previously in like healthcare information management. I actually had a dental assistant. And then I had a couple guys who actually were like their background was straight up IT. And then we had one guy who his background was more in like healthcare sales. Um, So a really um, unique group, which I think helped to further that idea of multidisciplinary care, which, you know, we learn about in school, you know, the importance of being a part of a team. But uh, even the experiences I had working with different people uh, from different backgrounds really furthered my understanding of the need for interprofessional teams and opened my eyes up to all the other, you know, disciplines within informatics. You know, there's dental informatics, nursing informatics, ambulatory physician informatics. There's even a place for informatics for physical therapy, you know? So I think that was just very valuable for me. Um, An additional benefit other than um, that I got outside of my um, residency. It has just been very valuable for me moving forward as well. I I really agree with that too. I I didn't go through a full master's program. I went through a post-master's certificate program, which is like, like, I guess 75% of the way there. Um, but I did get to learn with like my classmates were in the master's program. So we, we had similar, you know, experience too, where I was like super impressed about like all the details there are in like, you know, all the surgery informatics tools, all the, the PT informatics and all that, you know, all the other aspects of it where you kind of like don't really know that if you're just like working within the pharmacy side. Um, so like that kind of like opened my eyes up into like that larger field. And I, I guess like too, like, all the interoperability issues, uh, health information exchanges, and all those kind of things. And then actually having to learn more of the technical piece, like you said, about like info, uh, InfoSec, right? Um, it's, it's just like mm-hmm. really, really fascinating. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think like I was nerding out when I was going through those courses. It was definitely very interesting for me because I think as much as we talk about the need for interprofessionalism, at least for and another, they really talked about it really big when I was in pharmacy school. I think sometimes it's really easy to get to just focus so much on the pharmacy. And I, and I think this is true, not even for like informatics, but just as a whole as pharmacists, it's so easy to just think about pharmacy and the things that we do. But I really think that our work, it can, is only improved and is really at the highest level when we think of all the downstream effects to uh, and 
uh, to other disciplines, especially for me. So in my role, I work with closely with the nursing informatics and ambulatory and physician informatics teams. And so when I'm thinking about how a medication should behave in the system, not only focusing on how should it behave in the pharmacy, but also thinking about how it should look for the provider when they're trying to order it. And how should it look for the, how should it function for the nursing, for the nurses when they're trying to admit, document their administration of it? Um, and I think when we have that more holistic view, you know, are the things that we implement only functions better and is really derives the most usefulness. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So your role as a pharmacy informatics specialist, that's, um, that's a very like general title and I, I guess like it's very difficult to know like what that kind of role entails. So can you kind of describe, I guess, your day to day and what you do? I know it varies with like many uh, different institutions, but I guess for you, what is that? What is that like? Yeah. So I am one of two of the informatics pharmacists at my hospital. So my partner focuses more on operations. So he's responsible for more of the managing the automated physics cabinet our IV workflow software, and then our formulary build. And then I try to focus more on our clinical side. So that's mostly more focusing on clinical decision support. So that's everything from order default, order default, um, order set, because our pediatric hospital dose, dose range checking, because we use more rate-based dosing. Um, and, and more recently, my role has evolved to include more of assisting with our smart pump libraries and helping with the our controlled substance auditing and tracking. Do you guys use like a third party system for the um the controlled substance tracking? We do. Um so we work with KitCheck. Specifically their program is called Blue Sight. David Boo was um we worked a lot with him as we were trying to get up and running. Awesome. That's that's really cool. So so I guess like for your role too, like what was your um this is <laughs> I'm asking you because I'm going to be on a project similar to this. So I'm asking you uh, kind of like a little bit more selfishly. Sure. Um, I guess what was your role yeah. in in uh, getting that kind of thing up and running for, for drug diversion? So for me, it was more of helping with the development of the reports that we were going to use and just trying to determine what data was actually going to be needed and how can we make sure that we get that information, get that data to them in a regular fashion with minimal input from us? Because you, you want to make sure that you have obviously the data that you need, but you also want it to be as automated as possible so that it doesn't, it's not really, if someone is out or something, that there's minimal impact to the overall process. So it was that, it was also helping to assist with the SFTP process, which again, not very technical, um, but being able to determine the right, the right people um, on our IS slash IT um, department to assist with that process. And that for us was just the data gathering and validation was probably one of our bigger hurdles. I see. Okay. Yeah. I, I think like that's, um, that's always going to be the issue is like getting that the right data to go into like a third party application to, uh, to get the analytics correct, especially with something like, you know, a drug diversion where you're looking at like possibly heat maps or, um, you know, uh, potential like drug diversion warnings and things like that. If you're looking at large data sets, it was kind of hard to determine if those, if what you were saying is actually true and reflective of what actually happened or, or not. Gathering it from multiple sources and our, 
are we, are, does it look like this person is diverting when really it was we had duplicates in our data? Yeah, yeah, that's that's always a challenge is getting that data to be clean, uh, the cleanup of the data, making sure that, you know, disparate sources are actually reconciled. I think the reconciliation part is like really important for the data. Um, so, yeah, that, that's really good to know. And uh, I guess I'll keep that in mind when uh, when I, I am uh, more involved with that project. Uh, I was going to ask you too. And from my understanding, you are also usually on call. And for some of our listeners, they may not be aware that informatics pharmacists can be on call. And for your role, I guess, like, uh, can you describe a little bit about your your on call schedule and then maybe an example of the type of calls you get while you're on call? Sure. So like I said, I am one of two informatics pharmacists. So we take call for a week, a one week period, and then we switch off. So I am in call every other week, 24-7 from Monday to, from Monday to Monday. So like that Monday morning until that Monday, next Monday morning really is when we switch off. It, it really looks more like Monday to Sunday in practice. So I can get calls for anything from questions about our automated dispensing machines to questions from the pharmacy about our, our um, IV compounding software not working to things not scanning for nurses. Um, and even sometimes I even get questions about providers having questions about how to order things. Um, so it really runs the gamut from everything from operations to clinical and anywhere in the medication use process. But these these days, it seems to be more that I get pictures of um, questions about our automated dispensing machines just because those that's the technology that is used most readily and by the most people. <laughs> I guess like just going back to the the idea of like other students or you know pharmacists who are looking to get into the field and they're not really sure what informatics is yet and they want to find out more information or um you know maybe they do know what it is and they do want to get into it and you you had a very direct path so but you also went through a lot of your own kind of like information seeking before you got into your residency program so do you have any like particular advice that you can draw from your experiences that you like to give these people, these populations? Yeah. So I would highly recommend that they get involved with professional organizations. For me, that was getting involved with ASHP in their section of pharmacy informatics and technology. They had uh, quite a few uh, resources that I felt were really helpful. And I think even just looking through their uh, pharmacy statements on various, uh, various aspects of technology kind of gave me a better sense of what a potential role in pharmacy informatics might uh, might look like. I think for me, one of the biggest things, though, was putting myself out there and trying to network. Um, I know students get tired of hearing this, but networking is really one of the best things that you can do for your career. And speaking as an introvert, it can be really hard to do that, but it's so important because there are just a breadth of experiences people who did the direct route like me like did the residency or the master's program but also getting the opportunity to talk with those pharmacists who were on the front who were in the the front lines and on the really early stages who were pharmacists who had worked for years had an opportunity to work on a project that related to informatics and then decided that they were going to stay in that path so networking i think is very very um, important and then just seeking out any kind of resources Certificate certificate programs. I know ASHP has one. Reach out to your. I, I know that there are more schools that have like introductory healthcare informatics courses. And even if it's not within your school of pharmacy, maybe 
your university also has a, has a school of nursing or a school of medicine, and if they have an informatics course, you might want to reach out and see if they were uh, able to, if they're willing to take um, students from other professional schools, like I did, was able to do with the school of nursing. So I would just encourage anyone listening that if you have, if you're interested, just reach, just reach out to people. Worst thing that they can say is no. And if they say yes, then, you know, you've, you've made an inroad. But even more importantly, you've made that initial step to doing that thing that you might be interested in, might want to do. Awesome. Yeah, that was that was really good advice. I think like that that aspect of reaching out is um is is very important. And like you said, the worst thing they can do is say no. Uh, I I think like for me, it was also difficult when uh, you know I was reaching out to people and I was just like, oh no, where are they gonna think about me? You know. So there's a lot of like that that uh, I guess that for me, I was uh, fearful of judgment. And I, I guess there's a if I'm feeling that, then I think like students or other individuals may feel that way too. Yeah, just to reemphasize, we're all human. We're just working in our roles and we're, we all want to help out. So uh, it's good that you mentioned that. Yeah, I was very much the same way. It was, I remember being so terrified to reach out to people. But, you know, if you, whether it's professionally, even speaking outside of the professional realm, the is just so much important in reaching out to others and just trying to improve yourself in that way. So highly Highly encourage you to do it. <laughs> so in, in that vein, like if people wanted to reach out to you, then uh, what's the best way that they can reach out? Yeah. So the best way is what I would say is LinkedIn. If you, I'm usually not stingy on, if you send me an invite, I will usually accept it or at least message you. So I would highly encourage people to reach me out to me that way. Um, and then I'm also open to phone calls. If you have more questions or emails about, you know, how I got to my role, resources I recommend, those types of things. I'm very open and would love to be a resource to whoever. Awesome. So thanks for that. And I will put a link to your LinkedIn into our podcast show notes for anyone who's interested in reaching out. Thanks. Uh, but, you know, to be respectful of your time, I'd like to thank you again so much for, you know, just taking some time out. I know you're on call, so I, I want to get you get you back to uh, your on-call time. So thanks. thank you so much for, you know, just being on the podcast today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was quite a bit of fun. <laughs> All right. If you like our show, please share with your friends, or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn, and you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Select Group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is P H A R M A C I S T S C O N N E C T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there, and I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy. CIT and me, and remember, technology is a tool, patient care is the goal.